We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. You can't control what's outside your home, but you can control what comes in. Because Clorox disinfecting wipes kill 99.9% of viruses and bacteria, including COVID-19 virus, when used as directed on hard, non-porous surfaces. So whether it's from dirty doorknobs, dirty shoes, or something else, outside germs won't stand a chance. When it counts, trust Clorox. Kill Pseudomonas, Salmonella, and Influenza virus type A2. Kill SARS-CoV-2 on hard, non-porous surfaces. Use as directed. So the LA Rams will be the number two seed. They finish 13 and 3, a 13 win season for the third time in franchise history. I've been dreaming this my whole life. And so have you. Yeah. It's time to put in the work. Yeah. Every man go dominate. Boys, offense, defense, special team. Let's go. What are we talking about? Greg Zerline sends the Rams to the Super Bowl. Welcome to Rams Talk Radio. This is Derek Ciapoli here with Matt Herrera. That's right, a new a newbie to the podcast. We're going to pick up right where we left off of last Thursday's episode, talking about this team's pending free agents. That's the Rams free agents for all those who uh, may think we're on the wrong podcast. Also want to pick up on a conversation I had with Bear Motter last night when I was a guest on Locked On Rams. Uh, and that talks about C.J. Anderson and the Rams. I'm seeing way too much stuff going on with 
you know, speculation, that, is it a good idea for the Rams to bring him back or not? We want to address that and get that out of the way. Yeah, but first, I have to ask Matt, welcome to the show. How are you? Hi, Derek. Thanks for having me on. I'm doing well. How about yourself, man? It's a wonderful day full of joy and freaking cheer. We're ready to roll. I'm pumped. Absolutely pumped. I'm not sh- I'm, is my energy throwing you off Throwing you off right now? Is that it? No, man. I'm totally <laughs> ready to. I got a nice actual care package today from a buddy who happened to work security at the, at the Super Bowl in Atlanta. And oh. he was at the Rams Hotel and he... He got me some nice gifts that uh, I, I I was totally geeking out today over well, some no, of the well, no, stuff. You can't, you can't let the slide describe the gifts. Okay, okay. Well, right now I've been wearing this hat all day. I uh, happened. This was a. I just thought, oh, this is a sideline hat. It was the, obviously the ones that they were wearing. The Rams were wearing at the Super Bowl uh, a few weeks ago, and I was like, okay, cool. And there was another Super Bowl hat. Then I saw a beanie with the number 26 on it. He happened to get Mark Barron's beanie that he was wearing on media night and throughout the, the entire media coverage for the first the few days, right? Uh, he got a few cool signs that says one's defensive staff room and then one was tight ends and it had the Rams logo and the Super Bowl logo. It's pretty cool. Um, and then I ended up looking inside this hat, right? The th- sideline hat. And there was an envelope that said Todd Gurley on it. And I was like, what? And then I looked inside, right on the front, on the inside, the number 30 is written on it as well. So I've been wearing this all day. Uh, I've been geeking out. So you've been wearing <laughs> Todd Gurley's hat? <laughs> the one that he was wearing, yeah, the first oh, few days. Oh, man. He, he happened to leave it at this, the hotel, I guess. And If yeah. only you would have gotten that thing signed. Oh, right? That's the next step. We can get that at... at uh, spring training maybe coming up so you know folks you may you may or may not have heard of matt matt was uh with downtown rams for a while he was doing his own podcast called rams uncensored and uh, we brought him on board here to do all kinds of stuff podcasting article writing and just pretty much whatever he feels like doing matt can you tell folks more about you yeah i uh have a background in radio i uh, three years ago, I was at UCSB, that's University of California, Santa Barbara, doing their sports radio over there. Fortunate, very fortunate to be able to do some nice, cool play-by-play and uh, color commentary for basketball, baseball, volleyball, men's and women's, softball. And so I got, I've just had this audio background in my uh, history. So, uh, yeah, and I, I've always loved sports. And when I saw that opportunity at UCSB, I jumped at it and then I moved down to L.A. as life just keeps giving you twists and turns, right? And I was happy to be moving south and closer to L.A. where most of my teams, where all my teams are from and that I love in sports and whatnot. And and then I got a job working at the Dodgers radio station doing technical producing uh, weekends and weeknights, doing a lot of cool stuff with grabbing highlights for Clippers games, Dodgers games, and working with guys like that. And now I'm attending school i'm back at school trying to get a master's degree in sports management trying to just further my career and and solidify my brand and now and i'm trying to expand out as you know mm-hmm. trying to come on here as an intern and help out and learn more about the business and and you know just get things rolling and, and make self things happen for myself right 
and and for everyone, right? Especially part of Ramstock. Like I, I'm excited for this journey. I'm excited to be part of the team. I'm I'm glad you reached out and or I reached out to you, and yeah, I'm excited. I was about to say, wait, who reached out to who there? Uh, uh, I mean, <laughs> so in the in the end, now you're going to be here with us for for the uh, for a while, and uh, we did talk some good Rams football throughout the off season, going into the draft, going to training camp, and hopefully next year we're talking about another Super Bowl run. But before we do, guys, we do want to remind you that we're available anywhere podcasts can be found, including Spotify, SoundCloud, Spreaker, even Public Radio. We're also listed with Clutch Points. We are partnered with them. They have an outstanding app that puts loads of NBA and NFL information at your fingertips. You can check them out at clutchpoints.com Hey, or download the app. Also, don't forget to subscribe and leave a five-star review for us on iTunes. It really helps us out. And don't forget our other shows on the network, Rampage Radio, Butting Heads, Soon Norm's show, and guess what? Starting next week, Matt's show, Rams Uncensored, and we mean uncensored. They're going to be like our not-for-children listening show. Okay? Um, check them out. Yeah. They'll be on Wednesday nights. Hopefully, you guys won't be too bad. We got our, we have a reputation to maintain here at Rams Talk. You know, oh, of course. No, no, no overly, no late-night parties over there. Also, That's one right. more, <laughs> one more <laughs> thing. I put out a short marketing survey a couple of weeks ago to help for ideas on how to help our podcast grow the next year. Please check it out on your Facebook or Twitter. It'd mean a lot for us. And quite frankly, we haven't gotten enough feedback. We really need some more feedback in order to help us figure out our direction, uh, both financially and just some things we need to do because, you know, we have to keep the lights on here if we're going to be able to serve you and provide more content for you. So help us figure it out. And we really appreciate it. All right. So Matt, Dylan and I left off, left off last Thursday going through the Rams' current free agents. For those that may have missed the show, we got through the first three or four, but let's recap them here, and of course we'll get Matt's point of view on those on those free agents. There's quite a few, and limited money. We're right around $30 million, anywhere between 28 and 32 depending on what site you go to in terms of salary cap space. And our top four free agents combined uh, this past year made over that. 25 uh, combined for Sue and and Joyner, and then 11 more, pretty much 12, between Saffold and Fowler, put that together, and that puts you at 25, 12, $37 million. And that's not going to fly when trying to get these fridges back this year. So looking at these top four we discussed last week, I want your thoughts. And Dominican Sue, is he staying or is he gone? I feel like he's probably going to be gone. Okay, why? That's got to be because during the season, I feel he didn't. we didn't see the production that we really would have expected from him. We got a lot of talk about this defense on paper last offseason when Les Need was making all these moves for this team and showing that they were all in. And, and, there was, and people were just saying about this defense, it was probably going to be the best, right? And we, it was the highest of expectations. Two games in, they shut out the Arizona Cardinals. And they had six straight out quarters, six straight shutout shutout quarters, excuse me, after giving up 13 points to the Raiders in the first half. And then all of a sudden, we saw the streakiness of what we saw a year ago before then with our defensive line creating running lanes. And he just wasn't as big as a presence as we've seen him be in Miami, in Detroit, and we did get a deal on him this year. I think even though he did contribute a lot and free agency is that time of year when you spend a lot of money 
and over tend to overpay for athletes. We actually saved some money on his contract, I feel, because he was willing to come to L.A. and wanted to get that championship this year right now. But I just feel like there's other talent, younger guys, even like looking on the top 100 list on NFL.com of the free agents, uh, um, if, if those who might still be not be free agents, depending on how, how uh, these last few weeks go. But like Sheldon Richardson from Minnesota, Danny Shelton from... Um, New from the New England Patriots, just a, a few names to name a few, and I don't think those guys are going to demand as much money as an Indomitian Sue would on an open market. That's probably my main reason why. And I don't think Les Need's going to spend nearly as much money as he did last free agency than he did this free agency. I think it really depends. I mean, you have to look at Sue. He's going to be 32 next year. He's made his the bulk of his money. Had Michael Stewart in a show, and he his view his point of view was. Why wouldn't Sue take a pay cut at this point? He's made his money. He wants to win. He enjoys playing the team. He came on the playoffs. Maybe he takes a pay cut. I can see that. But I, th- I really point Michael Brockers and Mark Barron. What happens to those two? Or do the Rams cut them both, save a bunch of money? Then they can think, well, if they cut Brockers, right. you're probably going to keep Sue. And then go look for another end opposite right. of Donald. If you keep Brockers, then I don't think Sue comes back. And there are a couple of interesting cheap guys out there. A guy we talked about last year that is actually a pretty good fit for this defense, won't get as much of a pass rush, will do much better against the run, and that's Jonathan Hankins, a guy who's been with the Colts, the Raiders, the, you know, I think a couple of two the Raiders, I believe, and uh, the Giants. So that's a guy I look at. And he, he'll come pretty cheap, still fairly young, and can do the job. I I look at that and go again, but it comes with Michael Brockers. Is he are they going to let him go or stay? And the same for Mark Barron. You clear out that cap space and you create more room, then we can you know then all of a sudden things open up quite a bit. What about Lamarcus Joyner? Lamarcus Joyner, I feel like he's another one of those guys similar to Ndamukong Sue. I feel like on an open market, he's going to command probably anywhere from eight to ten million dollars. We saw Tremaine Johnson leave the Rams last year with a crazy, crazy deal. I don't remember the exact numbers, and I don't want to throw out something random. But I, I, don't, I just, I just remember, I just looking back, like they overpaid for him, and I feel like someone's willing to do that for Mark Lamarcus Joyner. A lot of looking on Rams Twitter, people are, do not like him at all. Um, well, majority of Rams Twitter do not like him and, or enjoy him after seeing, for some reason, just this year he wasn't producing as much as we saw in the past previous years and this is his second year in the de- in um in wade's defense in the 3-4 defense so at the safety position but i feel like i would really like to see him come back and i don't i honestly don't feel he is worth that eight million and we can try to maybe negotiate uh, a cheaper deal and hopefully if Les Snead does his wheel and deal and we can bring him back just at a at a at a cheaper rate than we we would but i i don't know I don't. Well, I don't think that's doable, really. Well, Spotrac has it down at, at a market value of ten point six a year. Okay, that's going to be too much for him. He he didn't play up to the par of the franchise tag last year, and right, I think right. I think he knows that. I think everybody else knows that too as well. But I don't think I think eight is probably going to be too low. Here's the thing, though: the safety market is deep. There's a lot of dudes out there. Glover Quinn, an older guy. Earl Thomas will be out there. Uh, Lamarcus will be out there. It's a deep draft for safety. So last year, the safety, the safety free agents, I mean, it was last minute. Eric Reed didn't sign with the Panthers until the last minute. Yeah, that was a deep, deep free agent class for safeties. Um, what's his name who signed with the uh, 
the Steelers. I'm losing track of it right now. Uh, longtime veteran. He signed late. So safeties are a little bit more of a commodity that doesn't pass, you know, the big contracts anymore. The ones that do, the Rams let them go. The Rams let McLeod go. They've let other guys right. go over the years. So I, I kind of feel like they're gonna, they might wait and see a little bit. They might see how this shakes out because they might get a guy on a deal. I mean, Eric Reed signed in Carolina, just signed a three-year extension for uh, $7 million a year. That's a deal. Right, right. That is. And see if, if we could get something similar like that for Joyner or anyone else. It's like like you got there's Kenny Vaccaro he, he, who's going to be out in, in the open market as well, who's a good option to go with, and Tyron Matthew that, that are just something different. But, yeah, I, oh, AHA yeah. Clinton Dix. But Tyron Matthews, Tyron Matthews gonna get paid, man. Oh, Pay that yeah. guy over, over <laughs> day. He, he's gonna get paid. Another guy too, Kirk Coleman from the Saints got released today. He's in the market now as well. So okay. there are plenty of guys. That is a deep, deep market, and that you know this is basic economics one hundred and one: supply and demand. You're gonna have a large supply, and not sure on demand, especially with a deep safety class. So be this will be interesting to watch. What's gonna happen there? Uh, Roger Saffold, I've made this argument. They got to get him back. He's the must. He's the must. Yeah, I I agree. He's out of all of the the free agents that we have pending. He's the guy. No matter what, just because of that offensive line, we don't know what's going to happen with Sullivan yet. We don't know if Whitworth is you know lent, tending to feel towards more uh, retiring. We don't know that yet. But he's kind of. I mean, just his comments at the end of the Super Bowl were. Uh, we're kind of striking and it was just like, well, is this guy ready to go off into the sunset? But I feel like he's got a little bit more in the tank. He's playing at the top of his game, but still Roger Saffold is the guy you got to have. Yeah. We, he's, he just meant so much to this team and the running game, especially he just, uh, yeah, they, they need, need, need to have that guy back no matter what. And I think he will take a little bit of a hometown discount. And I think, you know, if the right people are, are talking in his ear, we, we mentioned this now on a couple podcasts, the, the top right now, in terms of 2019 guards under contract, the top 10 of those top 10 guards, only two of them made the playoffs since last year. Only two of them. So teams generally aren't, playoff teams aren't paying guards a whole lot. Right. And I, I think I think if he looks at that and goes, you know what, I can be on a, a another Super Bowl contender. I've been with this franchise all along. They believed in me when other teams like the Raiders did not believe in me. Let, let, I want to stay here. He can go to, he can wind up being a Rams legend. I've made this case now. You know, one of those guys who played almost his entire either almost his entire career or his entire career at the Rams. So I look at this and go, you know what? It's a no brainer for Roger Saffold to stay. I just yeah, it, it's no brainer to me. Yeah, and, and I mean, yeah, like it's just you just hope like you, what you were saying. You hope that there's the right people in his ears, and no matter what, you as a less need and Sean McVay just got to make sure he feels appreciated there and that he's worth more no matter what no matter what money they give him they got to make him feel like he's worth more than his contract even if they were to offer him you know a lot of money or whatnot they got to still feel make him feel appreciated well, sure. because yeah i i feel like that's just gonna yeah of course that'll help but we'll see how less plays this out let's see if he feels if they feel like they can spend the money and i, I mean it's gonna be it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting there's a lot of Every single year there's turnover, and this year especially, as you know, being a Rams fan and following the Rams for so long, it's just like, okay, this this is a really important offseason because we want to be we want to be here again. We want to still stay a top 
the not only the NFC West but the NFC in general. So this is going to be real. This offseason is going to be really important for the future of this franchise. Well, the thing too that you know the Rams are kind of in a bind because they went out there and they paid big money for their stars. They went and paid, gave Cooks a bunch of money. They gave Donald a bunch of money. They gave Gurley a bunch of money. And now these free agents are looking at this going, you know what, I, I want to go somewhere and get my money too. So the Rams have to find a way to convince people to overlook the fact they gave big money to the stars in order to get them to stay. And hopefully they're seeing the reason why they gave that money to the stars is age, it's their big contract, that you need those stars to be that Super Bowl contender. I'm hoping that people are in their ear saying to them, hey, listen, you know what, this is why it had to go this way, come back here and play and win. And the culture of the Rams is suitable to that, but who knows what these guys are thinking. I, you, know, you can't blame anybody for going out there and getting their paycheck. Right. You know, so who knows. And then you Go out and get paid, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and, you know, especially a guy like here, Dante Fowler Jr., he's 25 years old. He's, but he's 25 years old. He's a guy who, for his, where he was drafted, is probably has not – I guess you could say he's been a disappointment in his career. But he really came on for us late in the year as he figured out the defense. And, you know, from the Rams, I probably want him back. But what, what, what's he going to be asking for? That's right. a big question. Yes. What's his marker going to be? So what do you think on Dante Fowler Jr.? I feel like there's 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 so many edge guys that, that specialize in speed like the way that Fowler does, and there's a guy that we could find. And I, I don't think he's in necessity at all. He was great. He fit. He was a good fit, like you said, towards the end of the season with the team. And I feel like a guy even like Hick from the Eagles would be a good fill-in, or even just going it, looking at the draft. Maybe they go edge with their first pick because this is this draft is deep, defensive, defensive wise, and especially on the, the just defensive line. So maybe that's where less needs leaning. Who knows? Right? We'll see when it gets there, but. Yeah, like I feel like we can find another guy to fill that role. And if Dante Fowler is going, like if we, we offer him something like, I don't know, two or some, something from two and a half to three and a half million, right? And he doesn't want that because he can go get something way better than that somewhere else, of course. But I mean, like if yeah, he, doesn't he made 5.8 last year. Right, right. But yeah, like if, if I'm not getting him on the cheap, I'm not getting him at all. That's how I go. That's how what my mind tells me. See, and here's what I'm thinking, too, is I think it really depends on the edge rushers themselves out there because he was a good fit for this team, and he wanted to be there. He's still fairly young and still develop more. I, you know, it, it seems almost silly to me to let him go. So I think it depends on what is out there, and I also kind of feel like there's some other holes here. We don't know what shoes are going to drop when it comes down to the offensive line. I, I just kind of look at it and right. go, Will they go ahead and make their move for a tackle? I saw a mock draft looking for the tackle. You know, John Sullivan, is, is Brian Allen the guy to replace him? Because Sullivan looked mm-hmm. pretty bad. And so you may be looking at a center. You may be looking at a safety there at that 31 spot if they let LaMarcus Joyner go. So find that edge rusher. It may need to be a free agent. It may need to be a guy like Fowler because the edge rushers are gonna either going to go really early in the draft or you're getting someone who's developmental. Yeah. So I, I kind of feel like they're going to go ahead and go and bite the bullet and go get him because he already knows the system. That's just kind of how I'm viewing it. Yeah. it's. A, I'm trying to think about the numbers game money-wise, right? That's what the big – that's 
when I when I'm, I've been looking at the, the free agents and whatnot from our team, I've just been like, all right, what's what's realistic? And it's just so hard to really gauge how how these guys are really even going to play without having a someone actually inside the building. And and these obviously, you know, only the people who have any idea or inkling on how much these guys are getting are the agents and and less need right now, um, right? So. It's and Les Snead's not going to give anything away. <laughs> well, and so so much last year when we're we were all on the podcast and we're we're predicting things and we're giving out our hot takes and some takes last year were really really bad. And <laughs> here's the reality of it: we don't know. We're looking. All we can do is analyze the information we have. Right, right. You know, the information we have, and we can look at the roster, look at all the data we have, and go, you know what? The Rams have to find solutions here, here, and here. And we can come up with a prediction that says the solution will work like this, but their solution may be totally something different. If you would have asked mm-hmm. me last year that the Rams would barely have touched a linebacking core until late in the draft, I would have thought somebody's high on cocaine. <laughs> all right. Especially but, after dealing Ogletree. Yes, yeah. And so I was stunned. I was absolutely stunned. And you know what? The linebacking core wound up being, at times, a weakness this year for this roster. Yeah. So And then they go out there and they built the secondary. We called it Los Angeles. And then what happens? They, they wind up, at times, being the team's biggest weakness this year. So, you know, who, who knows? <laughs> who knows how this is going to work out? But all we can do yeah. is that we have. Speaking of more data, Dominic Easley's next on the list. He is 27 years old, a 3-4 defensive end right now, injury prone, only played 6.1% of the snaps. Where are you going on this? Yeah, I feel like this is the time to walk away from the deal, right? I feel like the Patriots got the better of this than when we traded a, dra- a draft pick for him. Because, yeah, they, they knew they got out what they could from him already. Because, yeah, he's been injured ever since he got traded to the Rams and I just feel like it's time to go separate ways, and and he he'll get a he'll get an opportunity somewhere else. He's still going to be a great. I mean, he just a rotational defensive line player. I mean, that's where a lot of defensive lines, some of the best, are. You know, they rotate guys a lot. Um, so uh, he he'll he'll get his chance somewhere else. But I don't think it'll be the Rams. Yeah, I think he's gone. I think he's gone too. Matt Longacre, three four outside linebacker, uh, twenty eight years old, currently making this. Uh, Past year, 1.7 million played in 27.7% of the Rams' snaps this year. Where are you going? I feel like that's a guy we definitely can keep. Less is going to, I mean, he's going to make base salary maybe a million dollars again, right? And, and he'll definitely get a good signing bonus. So, I mean, he's just one of those guys that are, like, like I was talking about, Dominic Easley. He's a rotational guy. Uh, he what almost played what thirty almost thirty percent of the snaps. Mm-hmm. So yeah, and even PFF they had him rated as what the fourth or fifth best edge rusher in the NFC West, which I thought was a little odd. It just sounds weird knowing that and, and following the Rams and being like we really didn't have a better edge rusher than Matt Longacre, <laughs> you know and. Uh, he so, shows up once in a while, you know, and he's been a surprise. He's an undrafted free agent who wound up doing pretty well. Right. But, I mean, I got to disagree. I think he's gone. Yeah. I okay. mean, okay. and I think it just comes down to cost. 1.7, he's probably going to want two or more next year. And then you have Okoronkwo in the waiting there and anybody right, else right. they get in the draft. 
So I kind of feel like, you know, at this point they're going to move on from him and see who else they can keep on this list. It's a pretty big list. And, and speaking yes. of, you know, yes. Sam Shields, age 32 now, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Uh, made $1.5 million last year, played in 33% of the snaps. How are you feeling about him? I was reading the other day that he's excited and he wants to come back. And I feel like he was kind of rejuvenated this season playing with this Rams team. I liked his energy. I hope they find a way to get him back. He was making just over a million dollars last year. I figure, I mean, his market can't be too much higher than that. And he he came up with a huge special teams play against the Saints in the NFC Championship game. And that's just, that's a big reason why I'm considering bringing him back as special teams because of his speed. Even though he is 32 years old, he's still one of the faster guys on the field when he's on when he's one of the 22 guys on the field. So I, I think the Rams are going to try to hopefully figure out a way to get him back. Well, he brings leadership and he brings, you know, he was really, really lights out a couple of times this year on special teams. You got to bring him back. If you can get him affordable, bring him back. That's how I agree. I agree. Ethan Westbrook's yeah, yeah. a 3-4 defensive end. He uh, uh, this will is... turn 29 next year, played 17.9% yeah. of the snaps, made 1,500, well, 1.5 1. mil. Yeah, this is interesting to me. I, I'm, I'm not too sure what his market demand is, but he's been with our this Rams team since, I mean, he was drafted by by Jeff Fisher's regime. Um, so I, he's been a great fit. Like, you know, we talked about a, a few great fits for this Rams roster. He's fit well as a rotational player, and he comes in, and, and when when he comes in, he, he makes some plays. He's got a few sacks in his career, and so... I feel like they figure out a way to get him to come back. Maybe another one or, on another one or two year contract. Definitely nothing more than that because he's. Yeah, I mean, I don't think he's got. He's going to be playing for too much longer in the NFL. Yeah, like five I'm going, years. I'm going yeah. back and forth on this man. I really am. I'm going back and forth on this. I know last night when I was on Locked On, I, I felt he was gone, and I, I I still can't. He's he's a contributor. I was just watching the right. KC the KC uh, Rams game tonight going back through it and, and looking at some of the plays he made in that game, in the game where the Rams gave up 51 points, he made a couple of really nice plays to shut down the Chiefs in critical moments. And so I'm thinking, you know, we got to go back and rethink this guy, and if you can get him on the right price, I think you keep him. Yeah. Sean Mannion. <laughs> oh, God. Played 3.3% of the team's staffs, age 27, well, well, I feel like this is the year Sean McVay finds a backup that's that's just a different a different guy than Sean Mannion. I don't know. I just feel like it, the the it just has that feeling to me that Sean Mannion's time is just come to an end. He's been there. He's been the guy with the clipboard, knows the system. Yeah, but I I, I just. Don't like the fit, honestly. When we see him come in, I mean, if... Like, I I try to think of it this way, right? When Carson Wentz went down and Nick Foles came up and took that team to the Super Bowl, Nick Foles was the best backup in the NFL, right? He was the 33rd best quarterback, and he was able to get that team to the Super Bowl and win because of the offensive line, behind the offensive line. So I just... 
I just feel like Sean Mannion isn't that guy that we can trust in something like that. Like if Jared Goss goes down, uh, we can't trust Sean Mannion to come in and step in and win games for us, right? And, and I feel like there's got to be someone he can just find and that the that less uh, need and Sean McVay can find in the draft. It's time. So. I mean, you're just not going to trust Sean. You're not going to trust yeah. him the football. If if we, if we're going <laughs> to the clock and this is Trent Green and Kurt Warner and this time it's Jared Goff that goes down. Are you going to trust? You going to trust Manion to be that Kurt Warner and come in? No, no yeah, you're exactly. You're no not. way, no okay, way. Okay, you're not. All right, <laughs> we have to we have to pick up the pace here, guys. I'm sorry, we we we've been taking some time to really analyze this top part of the free agents. There's more, including C.J. Anderson's next. I want to save him to last. I want to cover him. We talked about him a little bit on Locked On Rams last night, and I want to go back to that. Ramick Wilson, I think he is affordable. I think you keep him. Was good on special teams. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I agree. Troy Hill is a questionable one. Forty-two um, percent of the team snaps this year. Twenty-eight, seven hundred five thousand. I think he's probably worth more than that, and that's going to make him tough to keep. Yeah, it'll be interesting. He he's definitely a great fit, and really helps him with that defensive back. And he's he's just used to that three-four defense now. So yeah, I, you I would think, like to keep him. You'd like yeah, to keep I think him. you will. But I think you'll be hard to keep. I think you'll be hard to keep at. What he's worth now. He's worth more than seven hundred five thousand. I'm not sure the Rams are willing to do that. And we can't forget the Rams have pretty much all their cornerbacks coming off contract in the next two years, except mm-hmm. for um, Roby Coleman. So when you look at that and you go, well, you know what? They got to make some decisions here. It might be time for him to go. Malcolm Brown, running back. Malcolm Brown. Um, I be- I believe he could be a star in this league. He just can't stay healthy. Yeah, I don't know if he could be a star. I think he could be a star behind a good offensive I mean, I line. St- I think he'd be a starter, not a star, a starter. Oh, a starter. Yeah, yeah, definitely. He runs hard, man. When he was when he was healthy this year, playing behind Todd Gurley and subbing in for him, he every single down he runs hard. He's and it's always downhill with him. I I, I love it. Yeah, I I, it, I think it's going to be difficult to see him stay with the Rams this year because he'll get some good money somewhere. Well, I think it'll be him or C.J. Anderson, and right now I think right. C.J. Anderson more. And we're going to talk about that. Bryce Hager, inside linebacker, uh, unrestricted free agent, 27 years old. I I think they could keep him. I just don't think he's worth keeping. He doesn't have the speed and the ability in, in there to come step in when they need him. And I think you, know, you could probably find somebody else better. Yeah, find someone in the draft okay. again. Um, I mean, they, they, they may have re-signed to a you know, one-year deal just to you know, cut him in camp or whatever. But I think yeah, time yeah. is up. Dominic Hatfield, cornerback. We didn't see a whole lot of him. Uh, not sure what to say. He's a, he's a uh, exclusive rights-free agent. Played in only 0.6% of the snaps this year, age 25. I think um, I think it's a wait and see with him. Uh, do you agree? Yeah. Yeah, you just got to see where the market is. I mean, you, you don't – if he, he's gone, he's gone. It, it doesn't – I don't think it hurts the team. Or helps right. necessarily. JoJo Nashon, wide receiver, another exclusive rights free agent. I, I, I like JoJo. I want him back. Yeah, I, yeah, I him trust back. him at bringing back those punts. Okay. So he's so, the guy you want back, definitely. Blake Countess is a restricted free agent, age twenty six, safety, five hundred forty thousand. I'd say tender him, tender him, see what he can get and what they'll do. I like him. I want him back. He's a good backup there at safety. Mm-hmm. He does a nice job. I'd say, you know what, tender him and see what happens. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Here's Morgan Fox, 
a 3-4 defensive end. Exclusive rights free agent. Did not play this year at all towards ACL, I believe, uh, last spring. Yeah. I think you signed him to a, a minimum deal and, and uh, see what he can do in camp. I mean, he's one of those guys that you can find a guy like him anywhere in free agency. So, yeah, it just depends if the money's right. Yeah, I mean, you can come to camp with 90 people, so you might as well just bring him back and see if he'll come back to camp. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, Corey Littleton, Richard Wright's free agent, 95% of the snaps. Here, this is a big one. What do you do with this guy? Because you got to bring him back. You got to, but in the same token, he's still he's, he's, he's an incomplete player right now. He's flawed. He's, for as flashy yeah. as he is, he still is not perfect against the run. He has his issues there, but yet he and he's a playmaker. So what do you pay this guy? That's a great question. He's he is he's super raw talent wise, but that's I mean you can you can offer him one point five a year I feel and and be be happy with that. Um, I don't think he's going to command too much on an open market, but yeah, like that he. There was times on screen he was popping, and it was exciting to watch him play. So, you, Ooh, and he how was, much do you think they could pay him? One point five. I you think it's gonna be, be higher. I think it'll be higher than that. Well, yeah, yeah. It's got. I mean, the guy is a Pro Bowler now. Right, right. I mean, any he'll uh, probably he was, make maybe five. I'm I'm thinking right now five and six, and so I think what they what they're going to tender him. I, I have to think they're going to tender him, see what the interest is, and then go from there. But how much do you pay the guy? I'm not so sure. I mean, spot. Let me see if, if Spot Track has his market values up. Some they, they had market values up the other day, but I wasn't. They, I didn't see one for him. I'm hoping they do. But it, that that's what I'd be concerned with. Is, is you you don't want? I don't think you want to lose him, do you? No, 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 not at all. Not one bit. Let's see. So yeah, there's no market value for him right now. I gotta think he's worth. At least a five mil contract right now. I gotta think he's worth that, but you think lower than that. Well, I, oh, I was thinking because yeah, they, they got he's on a rookie contract still, and they they'll it's the team choice, right? So they they'll choose to tender him. So, and I was just looking at his contract on Sports Track right now, and yeah, he's he has he's barely made over half a million almost every single year. So, so I mean, they'll tender him. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Right, but I yeah. gotta think they're gonna bring him back. Yes, so, yes all right. definitely. So, let's see here. We're, at, we're almost at the end of this thing. Kevin Peterson tore his, uh, I think it was his ACL as well. I forget what was it, the ACL, but he's age 25, exclusive rights free agent. Uh, he'll make 510000 I think you bring him back. He was actually very impressive at times in the, at the end of 2017. Picked off Garoppolo twice in that start for stars versus the third stringers on the Rams that game and the end of the season. So, I would I'd like to see more of him, see what he can do. You can get him dirt cheap. You might as well bring him back. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Garrett Sickles, 3-4 outside linebacker, exclusive rights free agent. Same thing. Might as well bring him back. And then uh, Kadero Hodge, 7.7% of the snaps, knows the system, $408,000. Uh, I think you bring him back. Yeah, he made some exciting plays last year, and he was a big player in uh, in preseason. So, yeah. So I See what think, he's got. So there's our breakdown, folks, of the free agents. And the, 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 the nice thing about the bottom part of this is you're going to bring almost all those guys back if you want. They're going to be affordable. It's the top end that we have to worry about. 
and right. the top end is going to be what are they going to maneuver around, especially if they want to get somebody off the market. And there are some affordable people on the market. Okay, so before we move on, I do want to shout out our sponsor. Most of us are practically addicted to anything in Los Angeles Rams. Well, if you want to learn more about the Rams' history, the bit of personal touch, check out Jim Hawks' Hollywood Team Grit Glamour in the 1950s Los Angeles Rams. The book tells the story of the 1950s Rams through the lens of Jim's dad, John, who was an offensive lineman for the team from 1953 to 1957. Check out some story of his father and team he played for in an era of glitz, glamour, and future Hall of Famers. Read about players like Norm Van Brocklin, Elroy, Crazy Lakes Hirsch, Tom Fears, and Les Richter in this story spent the 1950s Los Angeles Rams. You can find Hawk's book online at hallwithteam.com and on Twitter, hallwithteam. It's available both in hardback and electronic form at Amazon and Barnes & Noble. Oh, and it's out on paperback this September 6th. So if you want paperback, that's what it's going to be. You can find his book through various other booksellers on the internet, and all proceeds go to his charity in Los Angeles, Homeboy Industries. Homeboy Industries works to help recovering gang members get out there, get a life for themselves. It's a great, great charity. It's well worth it, and that's where the proceeds go. I've read this book cover to cover. We got to force Matt to read it. You know, when he's got time, he's not in school, or you know, helping the wife out around the house, or basically staying out of mischief. But in the meantime, <laughs> check it out. Hall was teen grit, glamour, and the 1950s Los Angeles Rams by Jim Hawk. It's well worth your time. All right. So, <clears throat> excuse me. On I was a guest on Locked On Rams last night. They had some, you know, having some of the independent podcasters come on. And one of the things that brought up was C.J. Anderson, Matt. And I, I'm seeing some of these takes. I'm not sure if you've been seeing them, but I've been seeing some of these takes online that – say it's a bad thing to bring back C.J. Anderson. You know, because it's, uh, 3K from Show Times uh, made this argument in an article this week. He basically said, listen, it's bad for Todd Gurley. you got to trust him. It's going to take away carries, um, so on and so forth. It's going to, you know, you're forcing the offense to do different things. A lot of those arguments he made in that article and elsewhere. I'm, I'm paraphrasing here, guys. But I disagree. I'm wondering what you think about it. Yeah, I have been seeing this stuff on Rams Twitter, and I just don't get it, man. Who, after seeing what happened with Todd Gurley down the stretch of the regular season, missing the last two games because of his knee, and towards the end of the season when it came out, they said he got hurt the first game of the year on Monday night against the Raiders, and he was kind of nursing that all year long, and then during the Chiefs game on Monday night, he kind of re-aggravated again. And so we saw him sit out two games, and and then we saw C.J. Anderson come out, right? And he just popped. And we saw this guy, he was he was more efficient than Ma- Malcolm Brown who was running the ball. I mean, he, he almost carried for 300 yards in his two games, only two games with the Rams in the last two weeks of the season, which was kind of surprising. And I just don't get why this would hurt Todd Gurley one bit or – you like by these guys feel like this is this would be bad for Todd Gurley. I mean, he let's let's face it, he had reconstructive surgery in college because he tore his ACL, and this is the same knee that he's having issues with now. This this we can't rely on this guy on Todd Gurley, even though stats say when we give Todd Gurley the ball eighteen plus twenty plus times, the Rams are like twenty and one or whatever what the the stat is. I know it's really, really good, but we can't give... When we give him the ball, it's got to be efficient, but we got to look to give him the ball 
an efficient 12 to 15 times a game now. And it's got to, he can be out there for 75% of the snaps, but he can only get the ball passing or, or running. This is the way I feel an efficient 12 to 15 times a game. We see the new Orleans saints do this with Mark Ingram and Alvin Kamara. And that's what the Rams got to do too. They got to, they got to, they got to save his knee. I mean, it's, it, there's only a, an amount of time left before it's just going to break down on him. I mean, and, and we saw it happen with Marshall Falk towards the end of his career. He was still trying to, trying to hang on, but his knees were bad too. So it's just, it's to me, you need, we need a guy who can compliment, especially for Sean McVay's offense. If we could find another uh, running back, it's just, it just makes sense to have another guy to, to, to help carry the load. Well, a couple of things here. I don't necessarily agree at 12 to 15 snaps. I think you go based on how he's feeling. 12 to 15 snaps, if you're only going 12 to 15 snaps with what he's getting paid, then he's not worth the money. If I'm honest, you know, you're paying this guy oh, right. massive amounts of money. You're not paying him for 12 to 15 snaps. Okay. What, I, what I'm looking at this and going, what's the real argument for pushing CJ Anderson out? The argument that was being made, for example, with the Rikes article was that, you know, if you look at the playoff games, the Rams used three different game plans. They had alternate snaps and so on and so forth. But here's the problem with this logic. The re- we do not know what was going on on that sideline or in that huddle in any of those three games in terms of planning out how the snaps went. We don't know. We don't know where Todd Gurley was mentally. If you go back and look at the footage of the Super Bowl, especially third quarter on, and looking at his body language on the field, you're looking at somebody who is not mentally there. We have no idea where his knee was. We have no idea where he was in terms of focusing the game. Sometimes when you've had a nagging injury, it wears on your confidence, and maybe he wasn't feeling right about it himself. We don't know. So to kind of make these judgments now doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me because I guarantee you if everybody's healthy in week one of next year, you're not going to have a snap breakdown like we saw in the Dallas game or in the Saints game. We're not going to have that breakdown. We're going to have, like you said, Gurley getting 75, 80% of the snaps, and that's with C.J. Anderson on the roster. Right. So I don't see the logic here. What I, what I do think is this. You have a guy with a different style. He's more of a banger. Okay, he'll help you wear down defenses. He'll help your guys stay healthy, and mm-hmm. you should be able to get him at a relatively affordable price. Right, and he doesn't get hurt. Yeah, he, he hurt. has. He did. He had a meniscus. I know a few but, years ago, but it wasn't anything that kept yeah. him out long term. Over the course of his career, though, he is still relatively fresh. He doesn't have a whole lot of miles on his legs. Right, and right. so yeah, bring him back. Let him be that guy that will bang for you and help wear down these defenses and keep Todd healthy. Right. And to go off your, your what you were saying, like, yeah, I, with what Todd Grill is getting paid, I mean, you want to get the mileage out of it, but I I mean, if I'm being realistic as a, as a play caller, trying to think of it in that way, I mean, I, I wasn't comfortable with the, the contract they gave him. I'm just not comfortable giving star running backs or wide receivers money in general, right? That's just how I feel. I mean, when we when we look at Super Bowl winning teams, we look at the Patriots, who's won six in the last two decades, right? They they haven't won with a star wide receiver. They haven't won with star running backs. 
It's been just guys who are the hot hand. And I feel like Sean McVay has a, a great mind and he can find guys like how he found CJ Anderson and he had the hot hand. And I mean, if Todd Gurley's got that hot hand, give him the ball 20 times a game. Hell yeah, let's let's do it and let's get our money's worth of that contract. But uh, if well, I want Todd Gurley to play for another eight years, he needs to start. He needs to start, you know, splitting essentially series almost almost 60 40 to to extend his career that much further even if it's 70 30 really or 75 25 it depends on those 75 percent of the snaps what are they if you're talking the hardcore third and ones i'm giving right. it to cj i'm not i'm not putting tosney at risk right to be right, honest right. Yeah, and so yeah. you know fantasy owners will be ticked because all of a sudden todd's not getting the ball in the one yard line anymore okay you're not getting you know you're not getting those positions anymore but in terms of productivity, you're still enabling him to be out there doing what he does best while having somebody who can bowl people over at the middle as well. It opens so many things up for your running game to have that kind of diversity. So why would you get rid of a guy who can do that? Right, right, exactly. Is, I, I, that's exactly. Yeah. Why is it so? Then why is it a bad take? Is my question would be my question. Why would it be a bad take to say don't to to bring him back? What the case being made here is based off of. No knowledge whatsoever. And this is no offense to 3K, man. If you're listening, this is nothing personal, dude. Okay? But there's nothing in that argument that really says anything how it would be next year. We do not know what's going on in that locker room. We do not know what where Gurley's mindset was. And we do not know right. what on earth was going through the coaches' minds in those games. We don't know how hurt he was or wasn't. We don't know anything. And we right. might never know how it – we had a report coming up this week that when, when Anderson came in, in week 16, he was much more hurt than anybody realized, um, that being girl. Right. So how the heck do we right. even you know, make an article like this or make this argument and say, listen, this guy's a great insurance. Malcolm Brown gets hurt all the time. Who do you want back more, C.J. Anderson or Malcolm Brown? C.J. Anderson. Easy. Right? Easy. Easy. And yeah. you know what? It saves you it from having to go out there and waste a draft pick this year on another backup. John Kelly, right. didn't, and John Kelly may be the guy later on, but right now he's not proven. So Right. Who's proven? C.J. Anderson. C.J. Anderson, you're right. So that was a little bit of my rant with that. And I, you know, again, it's no offense to, to uh, anybody out there who made the counter argument to that. I just don't think it's a good one. You know, right? And I agree. Yeah, so, it doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense to me. You know, it, well, to why me, why that would even be a real, like, why that would be even someone would have that take? It's just like, what? Come on, know, come on. Honestly, if you are worried that you're going to cause confusion or cause problems with, with the amount of snaps a person gets and so on and so forth, then you you have to think about, well, that's on the offensive coordinator. That's not on C.J. Anderson or or, um, or Todd Gurley. And in a normal situation, I think I would trust Sean McVay to find a way to get both guys to football. You know, the, the playoffs this year where there are injuries involved, it's a tougher situation. You're in the Super Bowl. And so let's just be honest, Sean McVay was – a little, it was tell. You could tell it was his first Super Bowl. You could tell that was one of the, one of the few times in his career where you really, where you could really tell he was thirty three years old. The bright lights, you know, yeah, the bright he was lights, a deer looking. But do <laughs> I think looking the headlights, man? Yeah. Do, do you think that's going to happen forever? No, 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 that's, no. You grow. I, yeah, that's exactly that's exactly what you do. I mean, Jared Goff. What happened his first year? He went zero seven, and in his final press conference, what did he say? A lot of people have been pointing this out that he was like, "I'm gonna do everything in, you know, in my power to make this thing right and win 
make this team a winning football team. And he's done that. He got them to the Super Bowl. And he's he's going to have that. He, that's the type of mindset he has. He's not going to be like, oh, my gosh, I lost the Super Bowl. That's the best it's ever going to get, right? He's not he's he's not that guy he's going to be like okay we're he's to me he's got that mindset similar to what i see in tom brady right he's he's going to try to find out where his mistakes were he's going to get better find out how he can get better in any way possible to get his team back to that point and win i mean now he's been there now they know what it's like i mean it, it must be so hard and difficult right just to be there that whole week before and everyone shoving a microphone in your face as a player and it's just it's just another it's another atmosphere you're the one of only two teams playing out of 32 left on a sunday it's really something right and yeah these guys they're gonna learn from it they're gonna grow i think one thing what we see from jared goff a couple days later he took responsibility and one what did he say again he said i'll be better we'll fix it okay and you know what? right right I think he's that guy. I think we will see a better Jared Goff next year. I really do. I think we'll be surprised at how good he is next year. You know, the guy is still a young quarterback. You're going to learn. I, 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 you can go back to Super Bowl and think when the Rams put pressure on Tom Brady, they made Tom Brady look awful bad at times. Let's just be honest yes. about that. And Tom yeah. Brady is freaking Tom Brady. Pressure does that to people. It doesn't matter who you are. We, we saw Peyton Manning towards the end of his career getting hit and hit and hit and hit. And he didn't look like Peyton Manning anymore. Injuries and so on and so forth. Enough hits will do things to you. So I think Goff will be back and be better next year. I really believe he'll be a better quarterback next year than he is this year. Yeah. And I think year three in his career, we finally have a taste and know what to expect from this kid, right? We know at least once or twice a game he's going to throw a ball on the dime. And it's going to be beautiful. And it's going to be in a tight window. And we know he can make those tight, really difficult throws. And sure. maybe one or two times a game, he's going to make a weird, stupid decision like we saw on Monday night where he tried to throw the ball and it ended up landing in a linebacker's hands or, or defensive lineman. I, I, I don't really recall, but it was just like, you know, you, you just at that point, you take the sack. Like, I mean, it's OK. You mean the Eagles <laughs> game, right? For Sunday night? Or was it, was it the Eagles game? Yeah. Oh, man. But, you know, he, he's going to – and I mean, he kind of looks a little goofy then. He's going to have those goofy mistakes, but he's going to learn, and you know he's going to fix those mistakes, and he's going to minimize those mistakes like what Tom Brady did. I ended up watching Mike up, and, yeah, Tom Brady, after he threw that interception, you heard him come back on the sideline, and he said – or when, they, when the offense came back onto the field for the next series, Tom Brady said, you're not going to get another mistake from me all game, right? And that's where – Jared Goff, he's he's getting there. He's not there yet, but he's going to be a guy finally in a few years. I feel he'll he'll be something like that. Well, if people want evidence of what Jared Goff is capable of, all you got to do is go back to the end of the Kansas City Rams game, the last touchdown, the game winning touchdown pass to to Gerald Everett. That's what you need to oh, see. Okay, exactly. or pretty much almost every touchdown pass <laughs> in the Minnesota game. He was oh, on yes. fire that night, and so you, yes. that's where you can see what he's capable of. The Rams have a unique challenge though, because now they they got away with this year with, with running the offense out of pretty much one formation formation over ninety percent of the time, and right. sooner or later somebody figured them out. So now the Rams have to go back to the drawing board next year and revamp that offense some and get teams back to adjusting them. When they do that, they're going to be just as explosive as they were before. 
It's just adjustments. And the Patriots have the adjustments this game. They learned. They watched yep. the film. They saw what the Lions did, the Bears did, the Eagles did. And there you go. Yeah. All right, folks. It is time for us to hit the road. Before we go, we do want to reach out and say, hey, we we could use some sponsors. Just saying. Well, come work with us, please. Reach out to us at ramstalk1945 at gmail.com. We'll leave a voicemail at 657-666-5453. We have a media kit ready to get out to you. Also, don't forget to follow us on Twitter at TalkRams and on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash RamsTalk. We also have the Rams Talk room, which helps us, helps us get around all the weird Facebook algorithms. We have some good football conversation in there. Lots of active posters. You can find me on Twitter at DC Paul. You can find Matt Herrera at It's Matt in LA. So where do you live again? I live in Burbank in the valley <laughs> just right out. Okay. Well, it's, but it says it's Matt in LA. I mean, come on. Yeah, it's the same area, right? It, it's in LA County. <laughs> Don't forget us on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, all those places. Also, you can find us on ivyradio.com. They air our shows on Wednesdays, Saturdays, and Sundays at 10 a.m. Pacific time. Matt, do you have any closing thoughts? Oh, yeah. 50 minutes ago, breaking news. Space Jam 2 with LeBron James coming out July 16th, 2021. Oh, boy. <laughs> Bringing back memories of the first one. Okay, for Matt, this is Derek C. Apollo. We're back again this weekend with Michael Stewart. Take it easy. Horns up. The NBA is back. Where else can a city this loud be this left on? And 30 feet is still in range. Where else is history? Still in the make. The NBA, only here. Season begins December 22nd on ABC, ESPN, TNT, and NBA TV. Regina King for Cadillac Escalade. Let's say you make it to the top. What's next? Relish in the glory of your accomplishments? Okay, sure, for a minute. But then you move forward. Take the 2021 Escalade. Cadillac's newest arrival is more than just a celebration of iconic luxury. It's the most technologically advanced Escalade ever. Because arriving is just the beginning. The 2021 Cadillac Escalade. Never stop arriving. I have been fed, that's a fact. I have been fed, that's a fact. My credit card purchases get me cash back. My credit card purchases get me cash back. No one else gets these rewards. Sergeant, that is just plain untrue. What in tarnation? Sir, PenFed's PowerCash Rewards Card isn't just for military members. Anyone can get cash back on all purchases. Ah, friggins! You've ruined my favorite song. PenFed Credit Union. Visit penfed.org slash powercash. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. 
That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.